from the book of Jonah, chapter 2, with a few verses I left out from chapter 1. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from the sight of the Lord. How shall I look again upon his holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my throat. I was dragged down to the roots of the mountains. I went down into the earth, whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God, as my life was ebbing away. I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out upon the dry land. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be an honor and a glory to you. Amen. So in our reading from the Gospel of John today, the I'm sorry, Matthew, the Pharisees come and they ask Jesus for a sign. And Jesus says, yo, bro, I'm Jesus. Look at all the stuff I've been doing around here. I'm not going to give you a special sign just because you asked me. But Jesus tells them the only sign that they are going to get is the sign of Jonah, because there's a big connection between Good Friday through Easter being three days and three nights, and Jonah being in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. But on today, where we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, we can go to a more deeper level than even that. For what has Jonah done so far? Jonah has been a pretty bad prophet. He was told, go and preach to those wicked Ninevites that they may repent, lest their city be destroyed. Jonah didn't want to do that. We spoke last week about whether that was because he just hated those dirty Ninevites, or if he was scared to go stand up to those big, giant, buff Ninevites and tell them, you know, uh, maybe your, your moral qualifications are tad compromised. But whatever the reason was, Jonah did exactly the opposite. He went in full disobedience of God's command on his life. And it didn't work out very well for him. A storm came up, and the pagan sailors realized that something supernatural was going on. The storm was so bad, and Jonah eventually told them, It's my fault. I've gone away from everything that God has told me to do in my life. The only solution to this one Jonah came up with is Jonah said, you guys are just going to have to toss me overboard. So the pagans go, Lord, it's his idea. Pick Jonah up and toss him overboard. 
and the storm stops. But we get from this prayer here that Jonah doesn't just instantly get a ride. Jonah goes from the frying pan into the fryer. When he was disobedient on the boat, Jonah still had some sense of control. He could pick his destiny when he went to the ticket booth and they asked him, hey, Jonah, where do you want to go? Jonah's disobedience at that time almost seemed like freedom. Once he was on the boat, he, he could move below deck, he could move above deck, he could still give some sort of justification for himself. But Jonah here is in so much trouble because one of the things about the Hebrew Old Testament is they don't like water because almost no Israelite knows how to swim. And he has just been chucked into the ocean. Jonah at that point has no way to call himself up. And the imagery of this prayer is, is that he's sinking faster than a piece of lead. And Jonah in this prayer, we, we normally have this idea that the fish just comes, the whale just comes and swallows him up. No. Jonah's in the water a good couple minutes. He's got the first struggle. Sinking down lower. Maybe try some treading. Sinking down lower. The image that sticks out to me is in verse 6. The bars close upon me forever. The image of someone in prison looking up from the floor of a dungeon. That's what the water might as well has been to Jonah. Now you may be asking me, well, how does this fit into to Jesus and the baptism and everything else? Because Jonah, even though he is being completely 100% disobedient here, is still a prophet. And just because he didn't do the revealed will, will of God in his life, we're told that God's the one who sends the fish. God's the one ordaining this whole thing to roll out. And we get to the sign that Jonah today is teaching us. When we speak of Christ being crucified, we speak of him entering into the situation where, yes, he could have maybe said something to Pilate, but once Pilate slammed a gavel, there really wasn't much to do. And hanging on the cross, he might as well have been in the water. Jonah, in his drowning here, is revealing forth the connection that Christ will have to his people. We... <coughs> Excuse me. We as Christians tend to like kitsch. It's a German word for, for cheap sentimental stuff. You know, the little tiny plastic things or ceramic things that you see at savers. And when it comes to Jesus' salvation for us, we tend to make it kitschy. We tend to believe that if we're generally good people, and then we believe, then we will be saved. We tend to think God will rescue us if we still have some power to turn the situation. Jonah is here revealing what the Savior of Israel, which is still in Jonah's future, how deep he will be going to deliver the people. It is in Jonah's moment of prophetic failure. It is in his moment of 100% complete, absolute disobedience. When there's no way out, when he's wrecked all of his chances of making anything up ever, ever again, that is when Jonah's salvation of the fish grabs him. Jesus is giving, in going back and saying this sign of Jonah, he is giving the Pharisees an idea of the kind of salvation that he is going to bring forward. 
It's a challenge to the church. It's not something that, that goes on, on TV and says, God wills the best life for you. But it's a challenge that says, God is going to save you at that lowest, worst moment. God saves us at the moment of death in two ways. The first way is resurrection, Easter. Jesus has defeated death, and in his second coming, we shall be resurrected. But the second way, and equally as important, and something that I pray you experience in your life here, and any saint who's been trying to live it can truly tell you, the second way Jesus saves us is when we have made it completely morally irreparable. Being lost in sin doesn't mean that you can fix it at any time. We have this idea that we can mess around with evil and get away from it. We have this idea we can be partially disobedient and then come back and see Jonah here is showing how salvation works in his life because once he's on that ship, once he's made the choice to be disobedient, there is no coming back from it, Jonah. Jonah, as far as the moral implications, the religious, the spiritual implications of what he's already chosen is a drowned man in the middle of a scary black sea. But there's always the background. Jonah 1.17 But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was completely lost in and of himself. But the Lord's salvation came into that lostness. And that's one of the reasons it's, it, it's so difficult and so important to get away from making these things just cheap, where God saves somebody who's only partially bad, saves someone who's only partially lost, who still deep down was a good person and now just understands Jesus can make them better. Jesus didn't come to fix humanity. He came to resurrect it. He didn't just come to make death not happen. He came to conquer it. And Jonah in his life here is showing forth that power. So Jonah prays. And the Lord listens. One of the things I've asked spiritual development to do as we come into this year is to start working on ways to get when the Lord's deliverance comes that it gets shared with everybody. We have this we have this bad symptom that creeps into churches where we pray whenever there's difficulties, but we never celebrate when we have success. But each and every one of you is here today, not because you're forced. They may have built this church in 1740s, whatever it was, because they had to come to church. But that's not the case anymore. We're here because we want to be here. We are here because we have seen God move in our lives. And like Jonah, we should celebrate it. Like Jonah, those of us who have sunk down to the lowest depths need to proclaim it. Because my friends, today's message closes simply. God has a sense of humor. We can't catch it in the Hebrew here, but this last verse 10, the Lord spoke to the fish, and the Hebrew is, for lack of better words, it puked Jonah up onto dry land. We... We forget that the Father in heaven, though he hates sin, he loves his children. Though he must discipline us, he doesn't do it with a willing heart. And in this case of Jonah, he's willing to let him stink a bit because the way he's been living is kind of fishy. Let's pray.